they've been married for 30 years. He's a pioneer of Catholic lay evangelization, and she has a master's degree in theology. Put on the coffee and get ready to open the scriptures. It's time for Bible with the Barbers. Now, here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome to the Bible with the Barbers, and I appreciate you joining us for this Bible study. And I want to also start the program off with a quote from a great St. John Paul II. He said this, Deepen your knowledge of Jesus. This ends loneliness. It overcomes sadness and uncertainty. It gives real meaning to life. It curbs the passions, exalts the ideals, expands energies in charity, and it brings light into decisive choices. Let Jesus Christ be for you the way, the truth, and the life. Why do I say that to start to show off? Because the Bible with the barbers is about one thing, and that is to help you get to heaven through reading the Bible that's our family heirloom. Mary Danielle, are you with us, reporting for duty? I am with you. Oh, I love I you, girl. reporting for duty. I love it. Mary, you know that quote I took from John Paul II. I've read it to you many times. It really does inspire me as a Catholic to continually to turn to Jesus, especially in the Bible and his sacraments, because as the Pope said, Pope John Paul II said, that it ends loneliness, it overcomes our sadness and uncertainty, it gives real meaning to life. And I think that today in our culture, we've lost the real meaning of life. We've become to realize that the, the uh, social things that we've had in our ball games, our, our drinking, our, you know, all these things that we thought were really fun, they're really not. And that we've lost that sense of the sacred. And I think that through reading the Bible, you can get that back. Would you agree, Mary? Yes, and, and the reality is it's not wrong to take recreation, mm-hmm. but we're not here to live for recreation. Mm-hmm. We're here to live in union with God. As, as, uh, um, as has been said, we weren't called to mediocrity. We weren't made for mediocrity, and we weren't made for degradation. Mm. We were made for greatness. Right. We were made for union with God. And what's beautiful about that quote from John Paul II, it reminds me of today's gospel, because in today's gospel, Jesus said, he came to give you that peace which the world cannot give. Amen. I, we don't find peace in just pursuing our own pleasures. We find peace in doing the will of God and giving up sin. And that doesn't mean we're not going to suffer or that all suffering is going to be taken away. It means that we will find peace in the midst of all the crosses, toils, and disappointments of life. But there will be joys. There's much rejoicing. Well said, Mary. I just want to mention that before we read the gospel, it's a teaser. You had a question about uh, the Acts of the Apostles regarding how they gave uh, all their means to each other. And it was kind of like some people would call it socialism or communism where, you know, nobody owned any personal property. And I want to have you answer that question later in the show. So that's my tease. But what we normally do for those who are brand new, we always read the gospel of the day, the gospel from the Mass. And the gospel for today, Mary alluded to it, it's chapter 14 of John, verse 27 to 31. It's short but powerful. Mary, could you read that to us, please? Yes. Jesus said to his disciples, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. 
Do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. You heard me tell you, I'm going away and I will come back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I'm going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it happens, so that when it happens, you may believe. I will no longer speak much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no power over me, but the world must know that I love the Father and that I do just as the Father has commanded me. The Gospel of the Lord. Am I still with you? Uh Uh-oh. Okay, now he got my mic was back on. Mary, yes, praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So let's talk about that gospel, because I love when he says, uh, I give you a peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, not as the world gives do I give it to you. I thought, oh, that's so peaceful for that. I love that. And the reality is is, um, Christ suffered. Yes. You know, in his own flesh, he didn't, he wasn't born into a rich family. Right. He didn't have more than he needed of this world's goods. Right. You know, he was born into hard work and poverty, and he sanctified all of that because he is God made man. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's something we have to remember. The human soul of Jesus Christ did not preexist the moment of the Annunciation. That's important to know. Human Yes, his human soul was created when when Mary said yes to God. That's when his human soul was created. But he is God who takes to himself a human flesh. Why? Man owed to God a debt he couldn't pay. Right. Because the offense against God committed by Adam and Eve was an infinite offense. Every sin against God is an infinite offense. Mm -hmm. Not every sin is mortal. And we can't pay back to God the price. So God himself became man because he took to himself a human nature so that that human nature, now united to the Godhead, could pay back to God the price that was owed because every action of his human nature was of infinite value. Well said. And by the way, the smallest action was sufficient to save us. Mm-hmm. When he was circumcised and shed that drop of blood during his circumcision, that was sufficient to save the world because he was, his humanity was united to the Godhead. But in order to show the height and length and breadth and depth of the love of God for us, he went further and went to the crucifixion. So he gives us peace. That doesn't mean he removes suffering. It means that in the midst of the suffering, we begin to understand when we unite ourselves to Christ, Mm -hmm. that our suffering has meaning. Amen. When your suffering has meaning, you can endure it. It's like that. When a woman is in labor, why does she endure the labor? For the joy of bringing a child into this world. Mm -hmm. And even the nine months of pregnancy and the discomforts. And, you know, when you go to have a surgery, if you had appendicitis, you have to have a surgery. Why are you going to go through the pain of that surgery and the pain of recovery? Because it's going to save your life. Right. Okay, so when there's meaning to the suffering, we can endure the suffering. When the, when the suffering has no meaning, and that's what the world is telling us, your suffering is absurd. It has no meaning. And then we lose our peace. No. We unite our sufferings to Christ, and our sufferings have meaning. You know, when you say to people, offer it to the, to the Lord, offer your sufferings, remember in your sufferings that Christ suffered, and he's with you, and he's suffering. I'm not saying that your sufferings aren't important, or that your sufferings are less. No, I'm saying your suffering has meaning. That's right. Don't, it's like Bishop Sheen said, what did he say? 
the, the hospitals bec- could become <laughs> atomic power plants. Like, right, like <laughs> atomic power plants, but spiritual atomic power exactly. plants. Exactly. If all of the people in the hospital suffering were uniting their suffering That's to right. Jesus Christ crucified and offering it to God for the for His the glory of His name and the mm-hmm. coming of His kingdom, that His will be done. It would change the world. It would convert the world. Mary, you know, Our Lady said that, too, at Fatima. She said souls are going to hell because there's no one there to pray and make sacrifices. So here's the point, I think, is let's offer up that suffering for the salvation of a loved one and make it meritorious, as Bishop Sheen always said. You know, the only value in saying yes to God is you have the freedom to say no. Continue on this gospel. It's so beautiful. Please. And then Jesus goes on to say, do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. Mm-hmm. Please, everybody wake up, even in the midst of this pandemic. Yes. This pandemic where, and, and it's interesting because there are certain elements in our society who are cr- trying to create fear in people. Mm-hmm. You don't we manipulate them, of course. Who are, right. That we're being manipulated. We, need, we know we're not going to be afraid. I'm going to trust in the Lord. Amen. That doesn't mean I, I you know, go out and if I'm sick, I don't deliberately go out and spread the infection around. Right. Or if I'm, you know, it, it, I, I don't deliberately try and get the infection to prove that I'm a, a, a Superman. Mm-hmm. No, we, we act with prudence. But at the same time, I'm not going to live in fear. I'm going to live in trust in God. Amen. Why? Because Jesus has said, do not be troubled. He says, I'm going away and I will come back. And he's going to the Father, and he says, you see, he's going to prepare a place for us, and he told us that. So our finality is not in this world. This is why we don't need to be afraid of the trials of this world. Yes, there's going to be trials, but don't be afraid, because those trials are in order to gain for you a glory in heaven for all eternity. And in this particular passage, we get something that... um, some people really, really misunderstand and misuse. He says, the Father is greater than I. And there are people who will say, oh, you see, the Father's greater than him. So he's not equal to the Father. Let me jump in, Mary, because this is a good teaser, a response after the break. This is because Jehovah Witnesses, other uh, other people hit us up on this verse and say, you see, you see. So when we come back, Mary, I want you to answer that about the Jesus saying in John 14, Uh, about being greater. So let's do that when we come back. You're listening to the Bible with the Barbers. I want to ask you to go on your, your, if you're listening on YouTube, like this or your Facebook, you know, give us a a like and tell your friends about a Bible study that comes into your home every Tuesday with the Bible with the Barbers. Also, I want to thank all those who are donating monthly to us because that's how we pay our monthly bills. If you want to become a monthly uh, monthly donor, you get a bunch of Scott Hahn, Tim Staples, uh, CDs, and Bishop Sheen recordings, all kinds of stuff. Every single month for a $25 a month or more donation, you get all this hundreds of dollars worth of product from St. Joe Communications, which I owned at one time. That's how I get it. I still have it. So I'll give it to you by becoming a monthly donor. The way to do that is call 877 when we come back, Mary, I want to have you answer that great question. The Father is greater, that I would rejoice that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. From John chapter 14. We'll come back and have that answered by Mary Danielle. You're listening to the Bible with the Barbers on Virgin Most Powerful Radio.
Help the Helpless, a Minnesota St. Paul nonprofit organization chaired by Father of Tear and volunteers, is humbly asking you for your kind support to help the poor and the handicapped children in India and Ecuador. Through financial support from the help of the helpless benefactors, the children are provided with clothing, food, education, shelter, and the teachings of the Catholic Church. The mission is to help children thrive and become self-sufficient young adults leading productive lives. We also provide aid to poor families in Ecuador with food baskets, medicines, medical assistance, and help with funeral needs for the deceased. The work in India is done by Father Antonio's organization, St. Mary's. In Ecuador, the work is being done by the Servant Sisters of the Home of Mother. You can call us at 877-762-8857. To learn more, please visit our website, www.helpthehelpless.org. God bless you. selling your home or your business property this is terry barber real estate for life underwrites the terry and jesse show and they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world and when they receive their referral fee they will give 80 percent of it to a pro-life organization wow that's 80 percent realestateforlife.org 877-LIFE-US-1 Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome welcome back to the Bible with the Barbers. As Matthew just said, if you had a question on about the Bible, you can call toll-free at 888-526-215. When I left you at the end of the break saying, Mary would answer this question regarding John 14th about, uh, about the Father is greater than I. Mary, what's that all about? Jesus is referring to the fact that he is truly human. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He is not a human person. He has a human nature. Mm -hmm. And his human nature is created. Mm -hmm. So his human nature is less, it's subordinate to Mm -hmm. the Godhead. So, yeah, God the Father is God, but God the Son is also God, and God the Holy Spirit is God. God is not a solitude unto himself. He's a community of love and life, Mm -hmm. Father, Son, and Spirit. And so Jesus, as a man, his manhood, yes, is less than the Father, but his Godhead is equal to the Father. So people who don't understand that yeah he is truly god truly man and and that's what we have that's that's what our faith is about that's a revealed truth mm-hmm. and it might be hard to accept but this is what god has revealed so we need to humble ourselves and submit ourselves to god's will which is what jesus is talking about what he's doing okay mm-hmm. um the world must know that i love the father and i do just as the father has commanded me you know jesus practically equates love with keeping the commandments right 
and he keeps his father's commandments to show us we too must keep them. And so he is equal to the father in his Godhead, but his humanity is still a created humanity, but that humanity has been exalted and united to the Godhead. So that's what he's saying. He's not saying that mm-hmm. he's not equal to the father. I got it. Godhead. Mary Danielle, I think it might be, a, there's a word called hypostatic union. It's a big word for people, but it's right in our catechism. And it talks about the nature of the human and divine nature of Jesus. And so this is something that is not easy to understand right off the bat. But I think that uh, as we study our faith, we learn more and more about the nature of Christ and his humanity and divinity. Mary, I have, unless you're, are you finished with the scripture or do you want to add a little bit more? Let me ask you. No, I think we're done. Okay, Mary. Here's my question. You answer all these questions online for Virgin Most Powerful. Most of them. Jesse does, too, some. But um, my, you had a question regarding the Acts of the Apostles that talked about how an early church, how everybody shared everything with each other. And, and can you explain what was going on there and how it affects us today? Well, in the Acts of the Apostles, it says that um, there was no one among them who had any need. Because all all of the people took their goods mm-hmm. and laid them at the foot of the apostles to right. be distributed, each according to his needs. And that's, um, I had it written down, but anyways, it's here. I'm just trying to turn to it real quick. It's okay. Um, right in the Acts, yeah. It's in the Acts of the Apostles, the end of um, chapter 4, mm-hmm. where the believers share their possessions. And this is not socialism as we know it in the world today okay this is a voluntary the people realized they were called to live a life of charity and a life of union with god in imitation of christ Mm -hmm. they're willing to give up the things of this world voluntarily you got it that's the key word and they lay them that's the key word and they bring them to the apostles to distribute them according to the needs of everyone Mm -hmm. and and if you think that no this was compulsory well read chapter five so for the end of chapter four it it has the believers share their possessions and but then read chapter five about the story of ananias and sapphira where ananias and sapphira had a piece of property and they sold it and then they bring ananias brings the money to peter only what he had done is he had kept part, part they had kept back part of the money. Mm-hmm. He hadn't given everything, but he pretended he gave everything. Right. And what happened? Peter tells him, Ananias, that property was yours. You didn't have to give it up. And even when you sold it, the money was yours to do with as you pleased. You didn't have to give it. Right. But what you have done is you've tried to lie to the Holy Spirit. That man was struck dead on the spot. Wow. What was the point in in regards to this? Peter told him, no, the the property was yours. You didn't have to give it up. And and the money was yours even after you sold the property. You didn't even have to give it to the church, any of it. Right. But because you've lied to the Holy Spirit, and his wife has the same fate because Mm -hmm. she does the same thing. She makes the same mistake. They were trying to make themselves look good before God. So that was that. that. And so it's, it's it's not about an imposed... Everybody gives everything up. It's it's that no, this is a, a, a voluntary. Each one is to give as they have inwardly um, determined, and 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 Saint Paul tells us, and do so joyfully. And there are some there's some 
important paragraphs in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraphs 2423 through 2429, that talk about um, the, the church condemning socialism and communism. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, well, then the church is capitalist, right? Mm-hmm. Well, no, the church isn't saying, you have to be careful, because the church, here's what the church teaches. Any system in which social relationships are determined entirely by economic factors mm-hmm. is contrary to the nature of human persons and right. his acts. Right. A theory that makes profit the exclusive norm and ultimate end of economic activity is morally unacceptable. The disordered desire for money cannot but produce perverse effects. It is one of the causes of many conflicts that disturb the social order. And so in paragraph 2425, the Mm -hmm. church has rejected totalitarian and atheistic ideologies associated in modern times with communism or socialism. But she also rejects Mm -hmm. that idea of the marketplace where the marketplace becomes absolute primacy. We call it unbridled capitalism. St. John Paul. Unbridled capitalism. That's wrong also. That's right. So we have to read these paragraphs. And what's interesting, I think what confuses some people Mm -hmm. is in paragraph 1882 of the Catechism, Mm -hmm. the Church talks about socialization. The socialization she's talking about is not establishing socialism. It's about establishing community relationships. It's talking about the fact that men and women and all human beings, all of us, children, old people, we live together in a society, in a community, just like God is a communion of love and life, a trinity of persons who live together in communion with one another. In society, we're supposed to live together in communion with one another. And you can look up paragraphs 1882 through 1885, where it talks about this socialization. This has nothing to do with socialism. It's talking about the fact that we have a society where we're supposed to live together in a harmonious effort to build God's kingdom on earth, but we have to use the human means at our disposal. Got it. It's it's not it's not it's not saying that socialism mm-hmm. is okay or communism is okay. Yeah. So I think that's what might be causing some people confusion, and yeah. I know that's very brief. And no, it was very well done, and and it set the record straight. Mary, if you don't mind, I'd like to shift gears. Uh, you know, every Sunday we proclaim our belief that the risen Lord is in the creed and rose again on the third day, according to scriptures. We say it. The phrase according to scriptures builds directly upon St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. I'd like to just read that, and let's talk about the Bible and the resurrection. Here's what Corinthians says. For I delivered to you as a first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Mary, I'll leave it up to you here. I, this is important. I mean, if we can't, if we don't have a belief in the, re- if Christ didn't resurrect from the dead, then our faith is useless. St. Paul tells us that. So let's talk a little bit about what the Bible and our, our teachings are on the resurrection. <clears throat> well, in, in, in the, of course, we have the gospel accounts mm-hmm. of the resurrection. We do. And um, the idea that this was just kind of a, some sort of a spiritual reality, mm-hmm. that, um, or it was some kind of a, um, what do you call it, hysteria? 
Right. But what's interesting about that theory mm-hmm. is it was not the friends of Jesus who were expecting him to raise from the dead. It was his enemies. Mm. Who were the ones who went to Pilate and said, set a guard, because this man said he would rise from the dead? His enemies. <laughs> and what were the apostles doing? Mm-hmm. They were hiding away behind locked doors. They were terrified. Yep. And they were not expecting the resurrection. And when the women come, read the accounts of the resurrection. When the women come and tell the apostles they'd seen the risen Lord, they'd seen the angels testifying that he had risen, the apostles were like women's stories. Oh, women, they're always having these visions. They're always seeing, they're always making things up in their head. They're so emotional, these women, you know. And and they don't believe. Right. They do not believe. And that's, you know, on the road to Amos, when Jesus appears on the road to Amos, what do the two disciples say? And some women from our group came with a story that they had seen angels who said he had risen. And then Jesus tells them how slow you are to believe. That's right. Isn't this what was written in the prophets and in the, in the, in the Old Testament? Yep. And then he interprets for them everything. You know, oh, foolish men, how slow of heart to believe all of the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And then beginning with Moses and the prophets, he interprets for them all the scriptures and the things concerning him. And that was, it's not just the prophecy of the resurrection, but all of his sufferings, all of his death. So there's a lot of places in the Old Testament. And where do we get a glimpse into what someone said? Well, what, wouldn't you have liked to have been on the road to Amos? He said, do you want a glimpse of it? <laughs> Go read the sermons by Paul and Peter in the Acts of the Apostles, Peter first in the Acts of the Apostles, Acts 2, and then um, Acts uh, also, uh, Paul in Acts 13, and where they talk about, and they quote from the Psalms, you know, um, you will, in, in Psalm 16, Peter says, moreover, my flesh will dwell in hope, for you will not abandon my soul to hate." nor let your Holy One see corruption. Mm -hmm. So it was prophesied that Jesus wouldn't see corruption. In the prophet Hosea, remember, it says, after two days I will revive you, and on the third day I will raise you up. Right. Hosea 6, verse 2. Okay, and so... This was prophesied that Jesus would rise from the Mm -hmm. dead. Mm -hmm. And Paul and Peter are emphasizing this. And it's not, it's throughout, it's not, um, it's something that probably people didn't understand very well. Because remember, all through his public life, Jesus is talking about rising from the dead. Right. Okay, he has the tra- the transfiguration. He takes Peter, James, and John up on him with the mountain. He's coming down, and he says, see to it that you tell no one of the vision until after the Son of Man has risen from the dead. And it's like, well, what does this resurrection from the dead mean? Right. They didn't know. Now, there were prophets in the Old Testament who brought people, resuscitated people. Yeah, that's right. You know, just like <laughs> Jesus did in his public life, you know, sure. they, they brought people girl. back from the dead. Yep. But Mary, not resurrection. Amen. Mary, we're going to finish with this in the next segment or two about the resurrection in the Bible. And you're listening to the Bible with the Barbers. This is fascinating. We really need to have our act together when it comes to the resurrection. Right back to much more.
Hi, this is Jesse Romero from the Terry and Jesse Show, also from Jesus 911. Let's face it, we all need to use the internet, but we need screen accountability. Why? Pornography is a huge problem, especially on the internet. And every time we tap into the internet, we get bombarded with images and temptations that degrade our humanity. So we need Covenant Eyes to block these pornographic sites and advertisements from infiltrating our lives. Covenant Eyes helps us take custody of our eyes and custody of our intellect. So I recommend you go to CovenantEyes.com and type in the promo code, the NPR, to support the network. Protect yourself and your family from the eminent threats on the internet. www.CovenantEyes.com Code VMPR Live Porn Free. Thank you for listening to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Thank you. God bless you. Keep the faith. This is Terry Barber. I want to thank you for supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And here's an easy way to support us by going to smile.amazon.com and type in Catholic Resource Center or Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And when you log in your Amazon account and you purchase products, a portion of it will go right back in supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And it doesn't cost you a dime. I want to thank you ahead of time because that supports us year-round. May God bless you and your family. Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites The Terry and Jesse Show. And they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow, that's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US-1. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Thank you very much for joining us with the Bible with the Barbers. We're talking about, I think, the ultimate question regarding the resurrection of the body and Jesus resurrecting from the tomb. Mary Danielle, you were just saying a very important point about how, you know, in the scriptures, you know, Jesus you know, would raise the little girl from who, who had died and, you know, from the dead. But ultimately, there's no other religion that is out there that has their founder resurrecting from the dead. And so the Bible is very clear about it. We have the the descriptions of that. Can you continue, please? Right. And when, when, when Peter, in his um, mm-hmm. sermon, quotes that, Moreover, my flesh will dwell in hope, for you will not abandon my soul to hate, nor let your holy ones see corruption in Acts 2. Mm-hmm. He says, we have, you know, David spoke these words, but they're obviously not about David because his tomb is in our midst today. That's right. As, by the way, is the tomb of every founder of every, every human founder of every world religion that yep. was founded. That's right. Their tombs are still in our midst. The only one whose tomb is not in our midst is Jesus Christ. Amen. And Jesus, of course, had predicted that he would rise. And he's the one, Jesus is the one who interprets the Old Testament and mm-hmm. shows mm-hmm. that the Old Testament prophesied about him. As a matter of fact, in Matthew twelve forty, Jesus had said, 
For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the whale, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So what he's saying is that Jonah's time in the whale was a prefigurement of his own burial and resurrection. Right. And so these are the things that we, this is how we know how to interpret Scripture, is, is how did Jesus teach his apostles how to interpret Scripture. Right. And then you have Psalm 2, where Jesus is talked about as sitting at the right hand of the Father, which points even beyond the resurrection to the ascension of Jesus into heaven, that he resurrected and ascended. And it's interesting because Paul, in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians um, 15, mm-hmm. he talks about the resurrection right. okay, and the importance of the resurrection for our faith. Right. Okay. So in 1 Corinthians 15, um, oh, 15, mm-hmm. verses right. 3 through 8, I'm yep. going to, I'm sorry, I was trying to go to chapter 3. Yep, and I want to go to chapter 15 here, yep. verses 3 through 8. Mm-hmm. If you, do you have it there? In I do. For I delivered, I have part of it all the way to 4. For I delivered to you as of the first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. That's only just a four. Chapter, verse, right. Yeah. That's we, right. We, we Verses continue. three. And so, you know, so he was of, a, of first importance. Christ died for our sins. Right. But he was also raised. And it was in accordance with the scriptures that he would die for our sins, and that he would be buried and then raised. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then he talks about the fact that he appeared to Cephas, that's Peter, and the Mm Twelve, and then he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time who are still alive, although some have fallen asleep. Mm -hmm. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared to me. So Paul's talking about the appearances of our Lord. Mm -hmm. And then he goes on in chapter 15, Verses 15, he's talking about the resurrection of the dead in the next section there, beginning in chapter, with verse, excuse me, chapter 15, but beginning with verse 12. And he says that if Christ has not been raised from the dead, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. Right. We are even found to be misrepresenting God. Wow. Because we testified of God mm-hmm. that he raised Christ. Wow. If he did not raise him. Yeah, faith then, is useless. Then the dead are not raised. Yes. And if the dead are not raised, then Christ was not raised. Right. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and that's, you are still in your sins. Well, that's a powerful reading to show the value of really uh, our whole faith is based on this, that Jesus died and he was resurrected from the dead and we're going to imitate him. I, I think it's important that we know these scripture verses because people will come to you and say, how do you know? I thought when I die, I'm like a worm. I just, I mean, I die and I get eaten up and I'm, you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, how do you answer those people? And I think, you know, the Bible gives us the answer and you're doing that right now, Mary. Right. And and again, it's, it's you know, the body that we have right now will be buried in the earth and turn into dust. That's right. We have an we have an immortal soul because God gave us an immortal soul. And yeah. when we die, we will our immortal soul will go before God for the right. particular judgment. Right. But on the last day, when the world comes to an end, and the world is coming to an end, and we are all going to die, right. 
But when the world comes to an end at the general resurrection, we will all receive a glorified body. We will get our body back. It's exciting. Jesus' body was resurrected. Right. We believe in the resurrection of the body, not just the soul. We won't be angels in heaven. We will never become an angel. We won't we'll be like the angels in the sense that God will be all in all. Right. So we won't need the earthly things anymore. But we will have a resurrected, glorified body just like Jesus had a resurrected, glorified body that was so different yeah. from his body before that his, his friends didn't even recognize him. Mary, this is exciting material for us in a Bible study to talk about the glorified body. If we recall in the scriptures, Jesus walked through walls. He didn't have any reason. You know, we, the glorified body will not have the effects of original sin. Uh, we will be, um, able, you know, we'll be in heaven, please God, with uh, the angels and the saints, and we'll be worshiping God. And uh, this is something that we all can look forward to. And I don't know if we hear enough of that, um, you know, read, just being around this world that we live in. This is why I think it's important for us to study the Bible and to show that our faith is real and that we are here to get out, that, you know, life is short and eternity is forever. Can you talk a little bit more about what the Bible has to say, what our church has to say about the glorified body? Well, what we know from Jesus, there were, there were no limitations. He could, he could travel at the speed of thought. He could appear when he wanted, where he wanted. Um, he didn't, you know, he could pass through the walls. The doors were locked, and he mm-hmm. stood in their midst. He could still eat. He didn't have to eat, but he could still eat. So the, the, the glorified body will have the same qualities that Jesus' body had. Isn't that awesome? This, you know, be able to move at the speed of thought, being able to um, pass through walls, that there are no, we won't have the physical limitations of our physical body before our body is glorified, before our death. Right. So our body right now has physical limitations. We can only be in one place at one time. Mm-hmm. But when we have a glorified body, and that's, you know, where is heaven? Well, heaven is where God is. Right. We can't see heaven with the eyes of our physical body. We can't see God as he is in heaven with the eyes of our physical body. Right. But with our glorified body, we will be able to see God. Yes. And we will be in his presence. <laughs> and Mary. God will be all in all. I, I love talking about the glorified body, but I also want to bring the connection that uh, when, the time, when, when the end of time comes, uh, would, there will be no purgatory. There'll be heaven or hell for all eternity. And this is why I, I really stress this point. Because, you know, life is so short. We're rounding third base, the both of us. And, you know, we're, uh, the, the, the idea that what we do on planet Earth will affect our life in, in, in the uh, next life for all eternity, it just makes good common sense to follow what God's teachings are and to fall in love with God so that we can be with God for all eternity. Because I have to be honest, people will always disappoint you. And I, I think that sometimes in our world that we're living in, we're so focused on planet Earth that we forget that this is a blink in the eye compared to eternity. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And, it's, it's, you know, it's hard sometimes. We see, we, because we have a body mm-hmm. and, you know, the limitations of the body, right. and we begin to think that the material reality is the greatest reality. Right. But... 
actually in, in philosophy they teach you this mm-hmm. what is the greatest reality is that which is more eternal mm-hmm. so that god is the greatest reality because god is eternal he didn't have a beginning he has no end right so heaven is more real than the earth that we see heaven is more real than the creation that doesn't mean creation's not real creation is real mm-hmm. but it's not eternal Creation is here. Time is a creature. Right. And it exists in time. It won't exist eternally. The world as we know it is passing away all mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. And so we want to be in union with God here on earth so that in heaven we will be in union with God. Mother Angelica used to say, <laughs> honey, death isn't going to change your will. It's going to solidify it. Exactly. You know, as the, and you used you you always like to say the way the tree bends is the, the way, way it falls. falls. That's right, honey. <laughs> so if, if you want to be if you want to be with God for all eternity, start building that relationship now. Right. And remember, this is a relationship with someone who loves us. Amen. It's a relationship of love and right. life. It's just you know, and and then it goes on for all eternity. Yes, he does. And, and Mary, when we come back from the break, I'd like to ask you to continue to talk about the resurrection and the Bible and our church's teachings. I want to remind everybody, tomorrow at 3 o'clock Pacific Coast time, I hope to have my wife on with me. I hope to. But I'm going to be giving a uh, Facebook presentation on Our Lady. Uh, tomorrow's commemorating Our Lady of Fatima, the first of the five visits she came to the children at Fatima, May 13th, 1917. And I'm going to talk about how Our Lady has helped so many souls come to her son, Jesus Christ. So I've got some really beautiful, powerful testimonies of individuals who have come to Jesus through Mary. It's a book that I wrote, and I want people to hear these stories because I think it'll inspire you to fall deeper in love with Jesus Christ and his bride, the church, through Our Lady, because that was her role 2,000 years ago, bringing Christ to us. She is still bringing Christ to us. And tomorrow at 3 on Facebook for Virgin Most Powerful, I'll be presenting beautiful testimonies of people coming to Jesus through Mary. You're listening now to The Bible with the Barbers. When we come back to our last segment. We'll wrap it up on the resurrection of the Bible. Genesis 1.27 says, God created man in his own image. Male and female, he created them. According to Pope St. John XXIII, it is not true that some human beings are by nature superior and others inferior. All human beings are equal in their natural dignity. May God help us to look upon everyone as a person created in his image and likeness and treat everyone the same without favoritism or prejudice. How does the baby eat? 
Can the baby hear me? How did the baby get in there? Wow, a pregnancy can sure generate a lot of questions. But what's important is that a baby is a baby, inside and out of the womb. Not just after birth, but nine months before, at conception. That's right, every baby is a miracle. Hello, my name is Marianne Kuharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance, or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org, or better yet, simply dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say the keyword pro-life. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across America, the Billboard People. Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites the Terry and Jesse Show. And they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow, that's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US-1. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Bible with the Barbers. We're talking about the resurrection of the dead and Jesus being the first for coming back from the dead. And this is an article that we have used according to Scripture, the promise of the resurrection. Very interesting article. It talks also about the Old Testament, Mary, uh, saying that it does matter that Jesus rose according to the Scriptures. And it talks about, I believe this is Genesis 3.15, where it talks about the heel and the cross and... Can we talk a little bit about some of the Old Testament issues regarding the resurrection? And we have touched on some of that, Mm -hmm. where we talked about the Psalms and where Peter and and Paul in their sermons quote from the Psalms. Mm -hmm. And and yes, and the resurrection, what he says in the article is that beginning with the Proto-Evangelium in Mm -hmm. Genesis 3.15, where there's the prophecy of the woman who would, her seed would Mm -hmm. crush the head of, of the serpent was the, the beginning of the promise of redemption. Uh-huh. And that, that all through the Old Testament, you have this promise of redemption, and God unfolds the promise. What is this going to mean? Yes. And in the prophet Isaiah, you have this what's called the suffering servant Psalms, mm-hmm. where it talks about how much our Lord will suffer in his passion to right. redeem us. And there are also Psalms in the book of Psalms, where it talks about the suffering of our Lord, particularly um, Psalm 22, I believe. Mm-hmm. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Right. But others, there are others also where it talks about the suffering he's going to undergo. Um, and what happened was God promised David in the Old Testament that he would put on David's throne a son of David whose kingdom would never end. Mm-hmm. Well, can that be an earthly kingdom then? And this is, Paul quotes Isaiah 55, 3, where he shows how the resurrection fulfills this covenant with David. Right. Where by the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, this, at the moment of his resurrection, 
Now is the kingship established. And this is the day of, this is the new day of the establishment of the kingdom is Sunday, the day on which our Lord rose from the dead. And it's the establishment of that covenant, that fulfillment of that covenant with David, where God promised that he would put someone on David's throne who would reign forever. And this, of course, is not just in David. You have in the book of Daniel, where you have the vision Daniel sees um, of the ancient one. And as the thrones were set up during the night, he saw one like a son of man coming on the clouds of heaven. And that son of man is enthroned in heaven. And so the, the eternal kingdom is the heavenly kingdom. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is the king in the heavenly kingdom. And all throughout the Old Testament, you have this, these different, um, you know, um, types, what yes. they call types, where, okay, um, someone is, and, and the first one actually was Abraham, where God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac, right? Right. Well, how is that t- connected with the resurrection? Well, Abraham and Isaac make a three days journey, three days journey mm-hmm. into to the Mount of Moriah. Right. And then they go up the mountain, and Isaac carries the wood of the sacrifice. Right. Remember that. And then Abraham binds him, and he's going to sacrifice him in obedience to God's command. But instead, God stops him, and he says, no. And then Abraham sees a ram caught in the thicket. And so Isaac, it was three days' journey represents the three days of, of burial. That's right. And Abraham, of course, is dying inside, knowing what he has to do, mm-hmm. but he does it in obedience to God's will. And what was it, Paul tells us in Hebrews? Abraham reasoned that God could raise from the dead. God had made all these promises to Abraham that were supposed to be fulfilled in Isaac, and now God's saying, sacrifice your son Isaac, your only son. But Abraham reasoned, yes, I will sacrifice Isaac, and God will raise him from the dead. But Isaac was a type of Christ, only God the Father would actually sacrifice his son. Right. He wouldn't spare his son. He would sacrifice him. And that was, and so you have all these prefigurements in the Old Testament. You have the Psalms that talk about that he's not gonna, his body will not undergo corruption. Right. You have um, even in Isaiah, in the, in the servant psalm, mm-hmm. it, it, at the end of the suffering servant psalm, it says that my servant will have a long, you know, an eternal prosperity. I can't remember the exact words right mm-hmm. now. but um, and, and so there's this constant, constant promise yes. of new life coming out of death. Right. So God's trying to get us, don't be afraid of death. Right. Yes. Death came as an intrusion. Yes. God didn't make death, and he didn't make sin. Death came as an intrusion. But the meaning of suffering and death have been redeemed in right. Christ Jesus. And there's the promise of the resurrection because Christ was raised from the dead. And by the way, if Christ wasn't raised from the dead, why did all the apostles <laughs> go to their deaths in witness to it? Why did Paul allow himself to be stoned and beaten? Why did Peter and John allow themselves to be beaten and imprisoned and treated terribly? Right. It was all just a lie. Why didn't they just say it was all a lie? Sure. 
You know, Mary, this goes all the way back to the beginning of the show, and we said every Sunday, now I know we're not in church, many of us are doing it on video, you know, through streaming, but every Sunday we proclaim our belief in the risen Lord in the creed, when we read, the, when we pray the creed. And he said, we say, he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. That phrase, according to the scriptures, builds directly upon St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, which we read, and I'm hoping the cash value of all this talk on the resurrection is when you go to Mass on Sunday, think about that when you pray the creed about the resurrection and all the scripture verses that we talked about, and think about our own resurrection, that we will, with, with God's grace, be with God for all eternity. And I might add, you know what, Je- um, Mary Danielle, I could call you Jesse, but one of the things that I would say is, you know, our relatives that have gone before us, I know most of us would love to see their mother, their father, their brother, their sister, their grandpa. And think about the communion of saints. We haven't really talked about that, but all of the great saints, and we're all called to be a saint. I mean, Mary, you have a, a fun line uh, that asking the question, do you want to get to heaven? Can you can you ask that? Can you answer that? Can you ask that question and give us what you always say about uh, being a saint, whether that it's the universal call to holiness. Tell us about that. Well, well, well here's the deal. It's like, how many out there want to want to get to heaven? I do. And and raise your hand. Everybody raise your hand unless you're driving. You know, <laughs> <laughs> if you can safely raise one hand, you know, yeah, we all want to get to heaven, right? Okay. How many of you want to be saints? Yeah. <laughs> and all the hands don't go up. Everybody's like, oh, well, uh, wait yeah. a minute. That's, you for, know, that's like, for Mother that's Teresa. Different. Yeah. No, no. no Mother Teresa, what did Mother Teresa say? She That's said, easy. holiness is not the option of the few. Right. It's the simple duty of us all. We are all called to be saints. We don't make ourselves saints. We will not merit sanctity. We are not going to merit heaven. Jesus Christ merited it for us. Jesus Christ, through the power of his Holy Spirit working in us, God is the one who makes us saints. But we need, as Mother Teresa said, to give God permission. Isn't that amazing? Yes, Lord, you can make me a saint. I give you permission. Make me the saint you have called me to be. Because what does it mean to be a saint? It means to live in union with God. And you know what is you know you know the the practice of the of the presence of God. We're constantly live sure. It it constantly live in God's presence. Mm -hmm. That that every moment is filled with God's presence. And be aware that God is always with us. He's always present to us. And we need to strive to be present to him. And this is, you know, in the present moment, right now here, you know, what is the pay dirt here? What's the bottom line? We have the promise of eternal life. Amen. We don't have to be as scared of a virus. We don't even have to be as scared of those powers in the world who want to take away all of our earthly freedoms. They can take everything. And remember at the time of the Arian heresy, St. Athanasius said, let them have the churches. We have the faith. That's right. Now, that's tough. I love that line. That's tough. Not to be able to go to Mass every day, not to be able to receive Jesus in the Eucharist. But we can cling to our Lord in trust. Jesus, you are the one who will make us saints. And since we've been denied of the sacraments, you will give us the graces we need through the means that you, and you tell us to pray. And what is prayer? A loving conversation with him who loves us. Amen. So we want to really enter into this and, and really stir up in ourselves the hope and the resurrection. 
We are an Easter people. Alleluia is our song because the resurrection is a triumph that should bring rejoicing. It was prophesied in the Old Testament, all throughout the Old Testament. Jesus said it would happen. It happened, and his apostles gave their lives in witness to it. His followers witnessed to his resurrection. I knew a priest who spent time in solitary confinement in China because he was was a Jesuit. He went to China before the communists took over. Mm -hmm. When the communists took over, he was there. And he was arrested because the Jesuits wouldn't tell the boys in their school to join the Communist Party. And he spent four years in solitary confinement. And the last time he was interrogated, one of the the men, they always had three guys come out to interrogate you. And one of the guys came down and sat on his chair and they didn't chain him down. Usually he said they would strap you down, you know, two, two braces around one around each ankle, a brace around each wrist. And then just to be secure, one around your neck. Although you had Barry Barry couldn't stand on your own. You'd been starved. Mm-hmm. But he said that day they didn't do it. And the guy came down and he was saying, you know, why don't you join the party? Why don't you just tell the boys to join the party? And essentially what father told him, he told him, he described him a funeral that he had officiated at. And essentially he was, he was telling him, I believe in the resurrection of the dead. And the guy got it. And he looked at him and it was like, father said you could see the fight in him because it was almost as if the way, father was a good storyteller. He was really good. Mm-hmm. Father William Ryan, a Jesuit, yes. God of mercy on his soul. But he said the man wanted to believe, but he was in front of two, two of his comrades there, and he couldn't capitulate to me. And he looked in my face, and he said, Dreamer. Wow. But it was their last ditch effort. Actually, father was released from prison the next day. He thought they were going to kill him, but he, yep. he was released. His, Thanks but his God. release had been secured. But it just the reality that I believe in the resurrection of the dead. That's right. Thank you, Mary Danielle. Hear the music. And remember what St. John Paul II said, deepen your knowledge of Jesus. This ends loneliness and overcomes sadness and uncertainty, gives real meaning to life, curbs the passions, exalts the ideals, expands energies and charity, brings light into a decisive choices. Let Christ be for you the way, the truth, and the life. May God bless you here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We thank you for joining us at the Bible with the Barbers. This will be podcast, so you can listen to it anytime. Tell your friends about us. Next Tuesday, we have another show every Tuesday, same time, here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. May God richly bless you and your family. Keep the faith. St. Faustina's Prayer for Priests O my Jesus, I beg thee on behalf of the whole Church, grant it love and the light of thy Spirit, and give power to the words of priests, so that hardened hearts might be brought to repentance and return to thee, O Lord. Lord, give us holy priests. Thou thyself maintain them in holiness. O divine and great High Priest, May the power of thy mercy accompany them everywhere and protect them from the devil's traps and snares, which are continually being set for the souls of priests. May the power of thy mercy, O Lord, shatter and bring to naught all that might tarnish the sanctity of priests. For thou canst do all things. Amen. Virgin Most Powerful, pray for us. Virgin Most Powerful Radio, sharing the gospel with clarity and charity.